Winging It F1 podcast. We have had the first one one race of the season. It was a Red Bull 1-2. Max Verstappen won it. Uh, and with myself, Nigel Chu, to talk about the Bahrain Grand Prix. Uh, two people who weren't part of football teams that got beat 7-0 at Anfield. It is Fred Coates and Adam Dickinson. How are you both doing? I'm I'm great. As as the goals were going in, I was thinking, wow, I bet Nigel really wishes he was a Liverpool supporter, as he keeps <laughs> telling us he's not. Um but yeah, I'm I'm good. We drew nil nil away at Watford yesterday, so not quite the same level. When you say yeah. we say like to the audience. Preston North End <laughs> drew nil nil at Watford. Although I'm giving you both pieces of information to find out who yeah, we are true. if people were that interested. Um yeah. Yes, I mean Putting Nigel's classic fandom aside, I'm 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 doing very well. Um, Brentford haven't played this weekend. They've got the Monday night slot against Fulham because it's the it's the derby match and that's the rival. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, let's hope Brentford win. The so Freddie is a bit happier because that'll be good. Uh, it? Anyway, let's talk I agree. about. Uh, it would be. Let's talk about the Bahrain Grub three. Max Verstappen utterly dominant. I think he led. All but two or three laps when Perez was ahead after the first pit stop phase or something like that. So pretty much a lights to flag run. I mean, could it have been any better for Red Bull that race on Sunday, Freddie? No, I don't. Well, yes, it could for yes. Perez could have um not fallen back at the start and could have yeah. waltzed away and made it a bit easier to have both cars just in without any touching distance from Ferrari, which Perez did manage to develop after he got past Leclerc. Um, but through their soft tyres, and that was the right call from a strategy to get Perez past, because otherwise he would just be stuck behind on the same tyres. Um, and I think the only way it could have gone better was without that that headache, but it wasn't much of a headache because the car was just superior and both drivers were very, very good in it. They were both able to do that. Well, it, it could have gone one point better because they didn't get maximum yeah. points because yeah. of Joe Grangu <laughs> and Pierre Gasly before that. But yeah, apart from that, it was pretty it was pretty uh, dominant. It kind of it always felt like Leclerc was going to have a difficult time keeping Perez behind him, and that turned out to be the case. And and once once they'd gone past, I don't really remember seeing them on the TV screen much after that because they were just you know in a league of their own. And there was some excitement going on behind, but yeah, the the top two look, look set for a quite a long time in this race. How worried do we think the other teams should be? Because, I mean, I think Mercedes Hamilton was 50 seconds behind in the end, and Fernando Alonso came third was 38 seconds behind. Okay, Leclerc probably would have been about 20, 25 to 30 seconds behind, but that's still more than a pit stop, of course, if Leclerc did finish the race, which he didn't. So how worried should the other teams be? Not oh, very. Like it, But it, it almost seems like they're it's gone beyond worry and it's now yeah. resignation already one, one race in. I mean, Mercedes have got seemingly bigger problems that we'll come on to later. Leclerc still seems positive on Ferrari's one lap pace. He, he seems to think he should, he could have got pole position and he reiterated that today. So he seemed a bit more confident on the one lap pace, but in terms of race pace, like it's not, yeah, as I say, it's kind of gone beyond worry, but I just, it we've only seen them on, on one track, but it, they just seem so good and it's really it's hard to see you know another team getting in their way this season already one race in yeah i i, I lean more to what adam was saying about resignation there it, it it does sort of feel like oh okay well 
that's that's already sorted um from a, a season perspective um there is obviously the the caveat of wind tunnel days and things like that and the reduction for red bull um and seeing how that plays but that really depends on how how the teams manage their seasons and uh, if you're on it if 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 you're honest putting aside a lot of development for this year might not be the best course of action for the future for whoever the second fastest team is yeah, I'm still. I think I'm a bit more optimistic. It, it, this is such a long season, and yeah. we yeah. could. The gaps, especially over one lap, were quite close. And I think that can change from race to race depending on the track. Now the problem will be is if this was Red Bull's weaker race, which hopefully it isn't for the championship, <laughs> then it is going to be game over very very soon. Uh, but. If this was like one of the high points of the season, which it could be, it might not feel like that feel like that now. It it feels like they're gonna dominate the season, it's gonna be like 2011, 2013, uh, when Sebastian Vettel dominated those seasons for Red Bull. Like, that's what that's how it feels right now. But I'm still optimistic that it will change track to track. Because especially nowadays F1, it feels like the cars themselves, it's very hard to find that operating window. And it does seem that Red Bull have a might find that range easier than other teams. So I, I still feel Ferrari, Mercedes, Aston Martin can still give them a big challenge uh, at some points this season. Is I think it it'd be, be interesting to see how they go about their development path because we've seen in recent years mm-hmm. they've developed the car to suit the lead driver. And yeah, Max won by a canter today, but the car wasn't as suited to him as the car that they finished last season with because they developed that car and pushed through the season when you got to sort of about round seven or eight where it was properly the max car um and if they do a similar um path on that and considering you know the records they set last year and things it doesn't seem like a stupid decision um then they could just develop that car in a really pointed way for max's side and it could be further ahead come mid-season by by a chunk um it really depends on how they do that but i think to make an educated guess on their development path, I would put it that the sort of baked in understeer that you could see in the car through a lot of the practice and early qualifying sessions will be gone and will that will favour Max Verstappen and will just make it a much, much harder uh, proposition from mid-season onwards. Not to too me. damning and ominous of the 2023 season. And Man, that's your season opinion. That's your and opinion. 2025 season. <laughs> To me, it just feels like, you know, 2014, 2015, 2016, to be honest. Like, it, it does just feel like they are that step ahead. And when Mercedes are saying that they need to rethink their whole design concept and Ferrari are, you know, looking like they've got some of the baked-in race day issues that they had from last season. And then with that, when we're talking about Aston Martin, it's basically Fernando Alonso who, you know, would, would even be capable of challenging them, I think. Then it's really, you know, the list of kind of, um, potential challenges is quite thin, and you know there's a lot of holes in it to begin with. So yeah, I, I kind of I don't want to be do too downbeat and make too many you know conclusions uh, from one race and one track, but it really it's just impossible to escape how it feels um, already, and how it feels is is pretty um, pessimistic for a lot for, well for every other team. Another pessimistic opinion is when you compare it to 2014 and 2015 and 16 with Mercedes. Um, that was at least two drivers. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Well, now I know at least how it feels like to listen to myself because usually I'm quite pessimistic and stuff. But anyway. I know, it's, it's a really <laughs> sad start because, to be honest, yeah, it's the first race of the season and that was exciting. And we're talking about it like it was a dire mark in the sand. But... The person who's won the first race hasn't won the championship since 2016. Bank on that stat. Yeah, so, so that, means, it's that not... means that stat needs to be proven wrong, basically. <laughs> yeah, it does. When people start yeah, saying it... a stat, it gets proven wrong. Remember when nine different winners at Catalonia um, were like, wow. And then and then what? Hamilton kept winning again. It's like, oh, okay. Um, yeah. it's, it's like, it has no bearing. It's kind of like, um, uh, I, I don't know. I can't think of an example uh, now, but kind of like, like how people say, uh, it, you know, it might be better to start second in, second in Spa because then you get that run down and you kind of get that yeah. slipstream and whatever like there is a kind of competition factor to it whereas this is basically you know that there's not any actual reasoning or logic that you can assign to that it is kind of basically random and the last time someone did win the championship and won the opening race of the season they were in a really dominant car so <laughs> yeah never ignore a coincidence though unless you're busy One... in which case always <laughs> ignore a coincidence yeah, especially if you're one track, that's all I'll say. But uh, we'll talk about but, Aston yeah. Martin now. Uh, yeah, Fernando Alonso got third place after a brilliant drive. Uh, after, oh, well, me, was very unfortunate. Well, sorry, very fortunate actually on the first lap day. He didn't get a puncher after he got punted by Lance Stroll a bit. But then he overtook George Russell, overtook. Uh, Lewis Hamilton after a great battle with Carlos Sainz as well, and obviously took advantage of Leclerc's control electronics failure. Uh, yeah, it was just great to have Alonso fighting at the front. I think he was the excitement that the race needed, really. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he, he made the race. To be honest, his duel with I'd say his duel with Russell, Russell was the best, but all three were you know were really great to see, and as you said, just lit lit up the race. If he wasn't in the race, if it was an Aston Martin running around in, as the seventh best team like they were last season, then it would have been a much more boring race. Yeah, I agree with I agree with Adam there. The the fights that he had with you know handy drivers were really clean and exciting uh, bits of racing, uh, particularly. You know, you could you you could see the sort of pure racecraft of it into turn four, where he would, mm-hmm. um, you know, the the squeezing with Russell going side to side with each other and things like that was really fun, and then the way he then deliberately tried to cut and park the bus on the apex to stop Hamilton getting the switchback because that's that's a, a you know proper instinctive racing, and then nearly spinning it at the same time and. Yeah. And then sending it down the inside at turn ten, just because you know, because the car is just working for him. It was, it was, it was, it was, it was mad how flamboyant the overtakes were, considering how much pace he had. But that—that's yeah. what I really liked about it was that yeah. you know, it wasn't—it wasn't just that he had it he, all his own way and he shaped the move and then made it. It's that drivers were able to come back at him, and but he, you know, eventually got the moves done. But it was there was a real battle going on there, as I say, particularly with Russell, but on Hamilton. Then Hamilton got you know the move back up the insides, and then Alonso surprised him with science, and he was able to hold him off longer than expected as well. So it wasn't—it wasn't clean cut. But it was, you know, just really great racing, and obviously at the end, Alonso got it done. Uh, sorry, Alonso got it done. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I mean, I will say that first lap when he uh, escaped the puncher, that was a massive risk that he took, really, to kind of, especially on the first lap. It was a bit like I think we talked about it after the United States Grand Prix last year when Sides cut back and got spun by Russell. It was exactly the same thing. 
here, except Alonso got away with it. So he took took a bit of a risk there. Uh, rode on his fortune. Great overtakes. Great racing. Uh, racecraft from him. Uh, it was just brilliant to see him just fighting at the front again. I think. Oh, well, it's, it's kind of funny because three years ago, when he, when he announced his return to F1 for 2021, there was a lot of negativity about, oh, why is Alonso coming back? Oh, it's going to be like Michael Schumacher is too old and that kind of thing. And I kind of stuck by my guns and kind of thought he's one of the greatest drivers uh, ever, I'd say, in F1. I know he's a legend, but he's one of the all-time greats for me. And he's still showing that at the age of 41, 42 this year uh, now, uh, Really, so I just wanted just wanted to say that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, the tick that Nigel, I told you so off the bingo card. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, well, yeah, because I remember because Adam and I at first, um, I think we were a bit kind of like, oh, well, it's Alonso, but I think to be honest, we also got drawn into the excitement at that point as well. Mm. Um, because we gave it a few days before we recorded the podcast about it, I remember both of us were more excited when we recorded the podcast. But I would say on that negativity, it was because of the 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 um the boring and whiny nature of his 2018 season that people didn't want him back. And now he's come back and he's been excited about racing and people want, you know, are excited with him. And that's good. Uh, you know, I yeah. thought it was because people want Joe Guadu in the car instead. No. Well, I, no. I, I mean, I, yeah, I'll, I'll echo. Well, it, it wasn't, I don't think, I don't remember anyone saying it's because he's going to be slow. He's going to be, you know, come back and not be in the form he was before like Schumacher. I don't really remember anyone saying that. I think it was more the Alpine have this, well, I, I don't remember any, you know, anyone significant and reputable in the F1 paddock <laughs> saying it then. Um, but yeah, I think it was partly that Alpine had this academy that, and, you know, it, we want to see young driver get a chance and, kind of coupled to that was that it felt like, why is he coming back? As Freddie said, with the last experience we'd had of him was the McLaren self-combustion, really. And that wasn't you know, a great experience for team or driver or fans involved. So I think it was that really. It was why why is he coming back and, and doubting whether he would have the patience to stick it out. And, you know, he, the way he has, you know, yes, it didn't work at Alpine, but he has gone to Aston Martin and, you know, he has been able to actually get, into a card that has potential and has pace to fight at the front. So fair play to him. Yeah, uh, he did take advantage of Leclerc's uh, retirement because of that control electronics failure that I mentioned before. It Interestingly, Ferrari did change that part before the race, but it still failed. Uh, and you can only use two in a season as well. So he's going to be having a grid penalty at some point in the first half of the season, I think, at least. Uh, Leclerc, at Italian, least which is a bit like last year. Italian media it. think it's um, fine to use again, um, is the okay. word they've reported. Um, and yesterday's one will probably be in the same boat for that. So it might not be a penalty anytime mm. soon. But considering they've had both, both sort of, you know, car critical failures with it then then it's just, or at least caution for that with the other one, is that it's, it, it's an, that's a, that's a baked in problem there, surely. So that'll be a worry for yeah. them and for, uh, by extension, Alfa Romeo and Haas. He was driving so well as well up to that point. I mean, he was about a dozen seconds ahead of sides in the same car, same strategy. Uh, so just clearly outperforming, yeah. which is, which is what happened for, I'd say the majority of last season, so a continuation of that. Uh, Ferrari, Adam, the race pace, I guess, will be the biggest concern as well as Leclerc's failure. Yeah, I, I think it is maybe getting 
lost in the wash a bit that actually Ferrari were better than Aston Martin this weekend and in the race, I'd say. Um, and, you know, yes, when you have two components, one has to be sent back to Maranello and one fell in the race and cost you a podium. It's not great. But in terms of the, the pace of the car, they do still look the best car after the Red Bull, but they're just not close to the Red Bull. Red Bull at all. So, yeah, did, you know, great from Leclerc. Obviously, no fault of his own that he DNF and he would have deserved that podium because he'd driven a great race up to that point. But, yeah, it's it's just, you know, again, the Ferrari bingo card is is already got, Freddie mentioned it for our um, testing episode and, you know, it's already got a few more check marks on it and it's not, is a continuation of last year. And from what 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 we've heard and what what's being reported is that Fred Vasseur hasn't really got two hands on Maran Lello yet, that he's waiting and been observing a lot and then we'll start to implement his changes based on what he's seen. But, you know, it's it's already not a great start and a continuation from from the negativity last season. Which for Fred Vasseur's case, considering he started, what, around Christmas or or even after that for his first day, is kind of fair enough. You know, you've got to see what's yeah. wrong in action live from the inside. Um, and I, I, yeah, I would agree with Adam and and you, Nigel, on that, that Ferrari in Leclerc's hands and Sainz's in qualifying as well was excellent. And it, well, not excellent, but more excellent than than the other cars in the fight for second place um, in terms of second best car. But yeah, and Leclerc had that, had that sewn up, signed sealed, signed sealed and so on. Yeah. So it's it's going to be interesting to see where they where they are because Leclerc is downtrodden this weekend. He's not really cut up the best figure even even after qualifying yesterday where he was a bit more kind of like yeah maybe maybe but I think I still think in his heart of hearts he didn't really think he could fight really at any point this year. So who knows where we'll be with that. I thought he was okay, personally. I think because okay. he said I could have taken pole position. Uh, I think he was like quietly surprised about that. Especially, I mean, we got to think how he was only up until qualifying. Even in the practice sessions, Ferrari didn't show anything to be anywhere near pole position. So then, but then in qualifying, it turned up the race pace. I think was better than expected as well. I think Mercedes expected to be fighting them, but uh, Hamilton, yes, he got close to sides towards the end. Of- probably should have overtaken me. Uh but before that, Ferrari were comfortably ahead, really. Yeah. Uh yeah. And that was because I've a very to be honest, I think actually on the face of it, a very good drive from Hamilton and also, and a bit of only really an all right drive from Science, really. Yeah, agreed. It took yeah. a very good drive from Hamilton to get to Science. I mean, just going back to Leclerc, it must be so frustrating for him because he basically, you know, we're not necessarily kind of race by race, but in general in his career, he's done everything right. He had an amazing junior career, been part of the Ferrari Academy, had one season in Salvin, really impressed there and stepped straight up into a race-winning Ferrari and had that taste in 2019 of, of what it could be like and performed very well as a second-year driver and, and the first year in Ferrari alongside Sebastian Vettel. Mm. And then, you know, ever since you've had 2020 where they were so far off the pace, 21 where, you know, they were kind of, he got a couple of pole positions and he was able to shine on occasion, but they still weren't a front running team. And then 2022, obviously, we know what happened last season. And then now it looks like they have, again, just, you know, they're, they've been completely out 
developed and, and out built by Red Bull. And it just must be so frustrating because he is, you know, absolute talent and he's at the team which, which should be able to compete based on the re- resources they have and the kind of, you know, standing in F1 that they have. But it's just not, it's never gone right for them. And, you know, it's, no. I, 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 do, I do kind of feel sorry for him in that sense, um, you know, in the F1 world. It's frustrating, but it's also impressive in a way because I think for me, I always think with the great drivers, thinking like Hamilton and Schumacher, it's before they won the, or dominated and won the consecutive titles. It was the periods before, so for Schumacher from the late 90s before 2000 and for Hamilton uh, when he was at McLaren. It's those kind of days which make me think that is what makes them a top, top yeah. or, you know, all-round driver ever because in some ways it's a bit harder uh, to keep your head going, to keep the team motivated, to keep yourself motivated and win a race or two or three, four races in a season when you get those opportunities. And Leclerc has managed to do that, I'd say, over the last four or five years when he's had that chance. So in, in that sense, it makes it more impressive for him and he just has to keep be patient. I think he will have chances to win races this season. Uh, but yeah, the championship will just have to see. But yeah, to me, it's impressive. Uh, at least, oh, yeah. Uh, so we move on quickly because I know we are busy. Uh, Mercedes were just behind uh, Ferrari, Hamilton finished fifth. George Russell seventh. They were quite close early on in the race. Russell wanted to, well, have some team orders basically by getting past Hamilton, but then Hamilton stretched the gap on the hard ties. It seemed like he preferred that a little bit compared to Russell. Uh, how do you think Mercedes will be feeling? I mean, they've made a lot of noise about the car concepts being wrong which they've which is quite a big thing to admit uh, admit actually uh yeah freddie your your thoughts yeah mercedes is a weird one they're 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 sort of they were doing the sort of the mclaren strategy of testing which was um say things like oh yeah we've we've we're not going to do well and then not do well mm. um and mercedes were doing the, doing the whole like preparing everyone for major disappointment and failure and so on and with 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 all of their comms and so and and total wolf basically issue, issuing a full statement about why the concept was wrong and why and everything and just you know i i get it from from that side why why they would do that and it, it's just i i think hamilton did a good job and i think he should be pleased with the drive he did it's just a shame a shame the reward's not really there I think Russell was driving a bit frustrated, and yeah, uh, the um, he's not an inexperienced F one driver, but the sort of want you could see was there, and a sort of frustration that oh no, another twenty three races of maybe getting fifth rather than getting you know consistent podiums and things like that, and I think that affected his drive actually quite a lot. Um, he actually, I think to be honest, I think I'm, if I remember this rightly, he fell back from Lewis, um in the first soft tire stint anyway um because he just cooked his tires and then couldn't defend from the aston martins and lewis was better on the just better at looking after his tires frankly for the whole race and that was a you know it was a marked better race for hamilton than russell and yeah that, that i think yeah they just need to kind of keep george calm and i think everything all the sort of shouting around isn't necessarily helping him um this weekend has fired him up in the past, obviously with Williams and so on, he was able to sort of ride that wave pretty well. So 
we'll see in this season and it's probably a one-off but I do think there was one side of the garage that had a better drive which is a shame for, for George but anyway um I don't no, really I know think where that's a good point you make just, just just quickly on Russell because Alonso saved his tyres in the first in, and then attacked Russell so he did the opposite whereas Russell was tried to get past out and then we saw the same with Stroll when he uh, got ahead of Russell after the last pit stop as well Russell tried to push early on then didn't have anything left to fight near the end it would, would have been better to, better to be patient but no carry on your point oh yeah well I was just going to say I don't really know where Mercedes go from here for the season because they they can't really I don't know do they do they sack it off and reconcept it and do an Aston Martin or something who knows um, do a B-spec car at um, Spa or something some sort of weird mid-season <laughs> point Um, I don't really know because the only team that I can really remember doing that properly is Force India in 2015 and it worked Um, and that set them up then to go and become to get fourth in 2016 and so on in the constructors so it could that's a kind of but that's the only really potential I can see that short term for them because similar to Ferrari it's, it's the sort of question of what do they do then Um. And I think it's a very tricky situation for these teams. It's, I'm going back to the conversation we had earlier, but it's a very tricky situation. I kind of think I kind of think everyone needs a circumstance to win, apart from Red Bull, who needs a racetrack. <laughs> okay, Adam. Yeah, I, I just echo that. It's like they've got they really bought into this concept over the winter and double down. And we talked about when, when they launched, how it's nice to see that they've gone with it and still tried to make it work. And then before they've even, before the first race, like after qualifying, they haven't even started the race and they're going, well, we need to abandon this. You know, we gave it our best shot, but here we are. You know, it's really, it it feels like it's maybe not in, in kind of the hype of the first race weekend, obviously what happened with Ferrari and Aston Martin doing so well, it feels like it's maybe been a bit um, not swept under the carpet, but, you know, kind of glossed over the fact that they are admitting that, you know, there's two seasons are down the toilet having come in as what eight, well, f- having won 15 championships in um, eight seasons, plus, you know, one that they were a human error away from winning. Then they have now wasted two years basically. And, you know, it feels like a massive, massive, failure by mercedes and i'm just not i i, I, I don't know like it's not <clears throat> there's only you know there's not the testing time that they used to be uh you know 15 years ago 20 years ago there's you know, i don't know how much capacity they do have to bring a b-spec car it's just going to be really 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 difficult and yeah I, I don't i genuinely don't know and it's not as if they can just complete sack off this year and start working on next year's cars because they need to know what works and what doesn't this year to be able to evolve that for next year's cars. So it's not a simple case of, oh, well, we'll start again next year without having some basis to do that and know what they're building on. I do find it fascinating, all this, because I don't remember talk like this from a team so early on. I mean, literally one race into a season ever since watching F1. And I have had a pop at Mercedes's technical team over the last couple of months. And I do think... James Allison, uh, Andy Cowell, or a couple of others, those guys leaving over the last four or five years uh, has had an impact. Of course, F1 is not just about three or four top engineers and tech people, but it, it does kind of coincide with Mercedes's uh, what have been outdeveloped and outfought by Red Bull over the last two three years, I'd say. Uh, but that said, 
you know, to abandon a whole concept. I mean, how, unless, I mean, obviously I'm not a technical person, but surely, unless they can see there's going to be no potential and they can't develop this car, that's a massive thing to say because who knows, like the Red Bull concept, which most teams have, maybe uh, further down the line, they will find they can't develop as much compared to the Mercedes and Ferrari concept and the Mercedes will come back later in the year. So unless the team could see that, which will be a big problem, I I don't fully buy into them, you know, getting rid getting rid of this no side pods concept. We'll have to wait and see, won't we? That's all I can kind of think yeah. of to say on it now. It's just it's a case of <laughs> long game of F one fans who just watch the season and see what happens, <laughs> which is uh, <laughs> great for a commentary podcast. But anyway, <laughs> it 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 it's just like yeah, as, as I say, it feels like such a a massive failure and it must be so demoralizing you know I, I don't know i can't imagine this won't have double negative an effect on you know the the team and the engineers because if you've been having had you know the yes last season wasn't a success but they had momentum and they had some positivity you could see that the hard work they were putting in was working and obviously it came off with russell's win at the end and there was that crescendo of all the hard work that people put in and Mercedes, you know, sacrificing and, and finally got to the stage where they were capable of winning a race and they were fighting at the front. And then to have that going into the winter and put in all that time and investment, emotional investment and all of that into having a race winning car for 2023 and then be told, a, you know, one qualifying session in that, the, you know, we've got it wrong you know, this was all a waste, effectively. It just must be so damaging. And, you know, I, I worry about what effect it could have long-term. Yeah. Uh, well said. Just to, just to touch on uh, the final four, well, I could say the big four teams now in F1, because it is the big four with Aston Martin. Mm-hmm. Lance Stroll, me and Adam talked about it on the core farm review, whether he should have been uh, driving or not. And I think he justified uh, his decision to drive of his great seventh place. He wasn't even that far behind Alonso for the first well, two thirds, three quarters of the race as well on pure pace. Uh, yeah, Freddie. Well, what, what, what actually? What were your thoughts before or like coming into the event when uh, you know it was announced he would drive? What are your thoughts now? Is it different? Um, naturally, I'm I'm uncomfortable seeing just anyone put themselves through such a a bit such pain that discomfort that it was clear that Lance was putting himself through more Friday. Actually, to be fair, Saturday looked kind of fine. Um. But and and with that, I just felt kind of like, oh, Lance, you're. It's the sort of Mark Marquez of the past couple of years thing of, of, you just make it worse perhaps, and, you, and I just, yeah. as a as a person who doesn't like people putting themselves in pain, I didn't necessarily feel, you know, that comfortable with everything being shared around. But also, I don't, I'm not qualified to do all of this, and it's Lance's decision at the end of the day. So I was very happy to sort of at the end. For the most part, to be like, okay, well, that's cool. They're happy with it. The team are happy with it. He's happy with it as best he can. And I think yesterday made that kind of look a bit kind of, well, he is on the, the back foot a bit. But today, I agree. I think he did really well. Um, And I think I think it probably was a limitation. It definitely was a limitation on his, on his performance, and he still had a good performance. So, yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough, Lance. Fair play. You're made of stronger stuff than me, man. <laughs> Absolutely stronger stuff than all three of us. But, well, definitely me. Uh, well, 
I was going to say all three of us put skull, which is probably yes. true. Yeah, both of them. Yeah, yeah no, anyway. Adam, Adam can take it. Adam, Adam can do it. I mean, I'm I'm the guy who stopped a cart race because I was just like, well, I my head's come off, or and I just couldn't move, and because like I was so unfit. Monty Python. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, P.A. Gasly maybe watches Monty Python. Probably doesn't. Uh, he finished ninth. That is an awful uh, segue. He finished <laughs> ninth. He finished ninth for Alpine after a terrible day for the rest of my knock-on. But first on Gasly. Uh, Best of the rest, but still not. He, he and a few of the others pitted uh, for soft tyres when the virtual safety car for Leclerc came out. It paid off. And he went. He got past the Vries and ended up ended up in front of the Williams cars. So it kind of salvaged Alpine's weekend. Although I guess they'll be disappointed to be a long way off in terms of pace off the, off those front four teams. Yeah, it, it's really like after testing where it felt like they were holding something back then now now we've seen everything and they are they are definitely you know in in the back six rather than looking forward to the front four and Ocon just what a nightmare weekend and it's all it's you know it's all avoidable problems it's just compounding mistakes and it is you know from what we've seen of Ocon he he can be a kind of hard at times and get emotional it felt like you know I don't know if that is what happened but it certainly felt like that might be a factor that it's just compounding mistakes and it's all avoidable and after putting in such a good qualifying it's just really you know you're you're just leaving the circuit thinking what an absolute waste of a weekend amateur hour yeah absolutely Uh, but Williams though They'll sure be delighted with the pace they had. Alex Albon scoring a point in the first race of the year. Logan Sargent had a very impressive mm-hmm. uh, weekend to uh, should have, well, very unlucky not to get into Q2 by 1-1000 because he did uh, yeah. uh, at the same time as Norris, Zero but then 1, did it second. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> literally. Uh, so Rookie of the Williams, weekend for me, Logan. Yeah, I'd have to agree. Williams yeah. overall will be so happy because I think many people had them as last or ninth in terms of pace, but they seem like they you know, fifth or six, really. Yes, yeah. I think he was Alex Album. Whenever you'd see him spoken to, he'd be like, "Guess who? We've also made a jump like Aston Martin." <laughs> um, and he did it on Sky after the race as well. And actually, to be fair, yeah, they have, and they they were buoyed by a, a very good start for both the cars. Um, but they they got there, they stayed there, and very nearly ninth place for Album, and very nearly. How how far back was Sergeant from Albon in the end? In like seven or eight seconds, um, for for a rookie in his first race, I, was, I think that's very impressive. Yeah. And you know, hats off to both of them, and hats off to Williams for for developing a car, because especially considering they don't have a technical director, they've done really well at having a technical improvement. Hundred mm. percent. Yeah. yeah, and uh, great, great from Sergeant because he does. He's making me reconsider kind of my, I guess, caution that I had around him because he's he's done really well so far. And they did. Yes, they had a great start, but actually, you know, there was Sergeant's uh, bad looking qualifying. Albon didn't get out to set mm-hmm. a time, so that could have been where they started from or around where they would have started from. Yeah, good point. Everything gone right for that, but I mean, you say he's rookie of the weekend. There wasn't as much competition <laughs> as there might have been for that because of what happened with McLaren, which was we've used nightmare a few times on this episode but i think you know this takes the cake yeah, I mean, we, again we can probably speak about mclaren in more detail in, in the next podcast but they have got some big work to do uh yeah we might do a little segment on that just quickly on hassan alpha romeo do you think they'll be disappointed not to score points considering the hopes coming in, in into the weekend Hass, yes and definitely. no alpha romeo scored points they did a good job um yeah, I, I think 
it, it's difficult because there's four teams at the top now. Then there are only those two spots. So I don't know. It, yeah. It's it's always going to be so tight to to score those points. And I that, forgot I guess, Bottas. Yeah, silly me. <laughs> but, <laughs> puts more value yeah. on them. But that Bottas had a great race. Bottas really he got really a race. got a got up early and again Alfa Romeo. Adam looking Porridge. really strong, looking looking fast, looking like they've continued from last season. And there's everyone and their dog knows that they need to develop better than they did last season. Everyone, their dog is saying it on various podcasts, but um, we can repeat it here as well. But it's yeah. a great place to be starting from and great to turn that into points like they did this weekend, which they weren't always, um, you know, they were guilty of not doing that sometimes last season. Yeah, sorry, I've just completely forgot Bottas in eighth. Uh, I just kind of skipped it there. Uh, and then the other classic, team, classic Nigel. Needs a drive to slag off this year. He's chosen Bottas. I've not chosen Bottas. I've not chosen anything well, or anyone yet. What are you going to say and, about and, Bottas and Saudi Arabia when he wins? Like <laughs> somehow nobody won the race. I'm sure Grang got fastest lap as well. Yeah, he yeah. did. Yeah, Shelby didn't get a point for that. Oh, by the way, uh, Alpha Tauri were better than expected as well. Uh, because yeah. like Williams, well, I don't know, like, yeah. like Williams. They seem to be at the back, but then they they could have got a point. I felt, uh, but then Sonoda didn't quite get Albon, did he? Uh, yeah, it's a weird one because yeah. he was behind. He was less than a second behind Albon for at least five laps at the end. I feel like, yeah. and he yeah. just wasn't able to make the move. So yeah, it's a bit of a bit of a surprise. And they did drop the ball, or they left Nick Devries out to dry a bit. Yeah. But like you say, it, it's more positive than. More positivity than there was coming into the weekend. So from that angle, it's good, but pointless. And that is just to go back to Haas. That was a bad race for Haas. And I know Haas always, for some reason, just have a weird decision on strategy. And they started Magnussen on hards and things like that. But um, I just their, their race pace was not a thing. Hulkenberg had damage into from uh, his front wing. Yeah, that's a good point. And then they only appeared like, very late on. Uh, yes, on the first yeah. lap. Did they try and do a one-stop? Uh, you put me on the spot so, with that one. Can... Sorry, no, yeah. no, well, he didn't. The spot no, he didn't. I didn't look it up. Hulkenberg <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. did a free stop. Well, reason. that's a like bad said, one I, stop. I, um... I, don't think you, you, I don't think you can read too much into their pace, can you? Because Hulkenberg did have that damage, and he was yeah. the better driver than, than Magnussen. So I think we can let him off the on the hards. And that... So, yeah, we'll see if they can score points next time in Jeddah. And that will be the next race. We will preview that race, talk, talk more about McLaren, talk more about F1 in that podcast. Thank you, Freddie. Uh, thank you, Adam, for you, listening, listening, joining me. And thank you to you for listening and watching on Spotify, YouTube, and Apple Podcasts and anything else. Uh, and I think I can now say goodbye. 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 Happy first race.